to Preparing for the Unexpected with Alex Bullock. People, organizations, and communities need to prepare for and respond to natural and man-made disasters in a timely manner and in the most effective way possible. Our program examines what is being done before, during, and after a disaster and those unexpected events to keep you in the know. Disasters can happen to anyone. The question is, when will it happen to you? Now, here is your host, business continuity and disaster planning expert, Alex Bullock. Welcome back to the show. We are recording live from DRJ Phoenix 2019. And I'm very lucky to have some international guests with me today, all the way from Japan. I'd like to welcome Yumiko Sato. Yeah. And Noriyuki Sakamoto. Yes. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. You had a uh, speaking session here today. Yes. Yes. Uh, about a project yes. that you were working on. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. Mr. Sakamoto <laughs> will tell you. <laughs> uh, so uh, I will tell you first. Uh, sure. Japan is now experiencing a lot of natural disasters. So we are aiming to become a tourist company, country in 2018, 26 million foreign visitors come to Japan. Uh, in 2020, the Olympic Games will mm-hmm. be held in Tokyo. So BCP is very important for JAL's uh, social responsibility that supports logistics for many foreigners to return safety to their home countries. So I need to complete this project as soon as possible. So uh, we completed in nine months from BCP development to exercise. Today, uh, today we introduced a part of the contents at the, uh, com- uh, at the presentation. Now, if I understand correctly, you were moving Haneda people from one airport to another? Yes. Uh, Haneda Airport will be strictly heavy damage, so the airplane cannot uh, departure and arrive to Haneda Airport. So we plan to uh, depart and arrive from Narita Airport, uh, 50, about 50 miles away from Haneda Airport, that is Chiba Prefecture. So that is uh, B- our BCP strategy. And Japanese government request to airport to restore the function back to operate in three days. And to corporate airline companies to resume operation in three days. However, Japan Airlines cannot do it unless the airport resume. So we develop a, a strategic BCP. Level three is to move Narita Airport. And level two is to resume Haneda Airport. So is your plan to move all the people? No. Uh, uh, the people uh, have to uh, business continuity action 
but uh, so many people, not uh, all. <laughs> <laughs> it would be a lot of people. Uh, not all people. Do, do um, the airlines move, like Japan Airlines, you move from um, Haneda Airport, move Japan Airlines to um, the, the other airport? The airplanes, people... Yeah, we we count the the people who can gather into the Narita airport, like uh, cabin attendant and pilot. Uh, will uh, that that the number of people can how yeah. many number of people can lead to the Narita? Airport? We counted and uh, uh, we uh, analyzes the the residency and uh, the so we plan how many flights can operate from that count, uh, cabin attendant pilot number we analyze it from that number that must have been uh, difficult because if you're moving an airport it's already got airlines and people there how did you do that? <laughs> uh, <coughs> you mean in Narita Airport? Yes, if you're moving mm -hmm. uh, Hanita Airport mm -hmm. to Narita, mm -hmm. Narita is already working, mm -hmm. correct? Yeah. Yes. So now you have two airports mm -hmm. in one. Mm -hmm. That must have been uh, difficult to plan. Yes, so you mean in Narita Airport, so many people already mm. stranded, mm -hmm. you, you are talking about that. Yes, but the uh, Narita Airport, with, uh, as you say, so many people, passengers was there, so we have to information about the, the list, uh, some, some flight will be, uh, don't come to too much uh, people come to Narita. Not don't come to Narita. Mm. So we have the announcement by website and the email and the that kind of uh, we 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 using that media. So uh, because uh, lots of fried cannot fry, so we have to inform in advance. Ah, so you oh. tell you tell them to go uh, an airplane to go somewhere else, or people mm -hmm. don't come here. Yes, uh, oh. we we contacting <coughs> the reservation from reservation center to passenger, mm. yeah, directory, and then they follow your mm. instructions. Yeah, yep. yep. Jar uh, have to uh, uh, change the dial and and uh, in order to. Uh, need uh, for a foreign country or uh, at that time uh, the need is change mm -hmm. not usual and Haneda is down and only Narita only uh, total JAL uh, uh, must uh, change DAYA so yes, mm. so mm. the mm. concept of domestic flight is that they operate frequently to Osaka and mm. from Osaka to other local towns by a JAL Group airline company based in Osaka. 
Uh, international flights operate to nearby hub airports such as Seoul, Hong Kong, Bangkok, and more. Cities close to Japan, due to the limited number of crews, and co continues to foreign airlines for further connections. That was our strategy. And you did this in nine months? Yeah. How many people took oh. on your team? Yes, uh, approximately. Uh, our company, from our companies, uh, three, uh, uh, three people consulting for JAL. And JAL's member? We were almost three or four, and our staff were uh, making division <coughs> BCP, mm. uh, mm -hmm. about 50 pa people. 50? Mm. Yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, mm. So uh, seventeen divisions. Mm. Each division uh, have a BCP uh, five or two, uh, uh, five or ten people uh, do it. Wow! Mm. Lucky you. <laughs> <laughs> we we never get that. Oh. <laughs> 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 So what what is next? Are you going to test? Yes, uh, we do exercise already, and next we are plan to. Uh, we are now working on the Jal uh, uh, Group PCP, uh, twenty five Jal Group PCP at the same time for five months. We are working on, and. I currently am working as a member of the government uh, investigation committee on natural disaster countermeasure at airport of the MLIT. So uh, we are. It's a very hard to do, but mm -hmm. uh, we are. Please come to Tokyo Olympics 2020 <laughs> next year, Baja. We are looking forward uh. to seeing you in Japan. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much, and mm. congratulations in, in nine months. That's mm. a lot of work. Yeah. Same. Uh, you know, very, yeah. very good for uh, both of you. Yeah. I work hard. Very hard. Yumiko. Well, thank you very much, Yumiko. And Yumiko, thank you very much for joining us from Japan. Yeah. A, a safe flight home. Yes. Yeah. And thank you very much you. for joining us, yeah, and congratulations you. on your, your project. Thank you. Thank We're you recording guys. live from DRJ Phoenix. Mm -hmm. We'll be right back. Bringing you around the world right from your desktop. VoiceAmerica.com Join Voice America and host Alex Fullick for the DRJ Fall 2019 in Phoenix at the JW Marriott Desert Ridge as we broadcast live Monday, September 30th from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. The topics of the event are innovations in managing risk and resiliency. This is part of a three-day event featuring the top industry experts designed to keep your organization at the forefront of risk management. For more information, visit DRJ dot com forward slash fall 2019 or join us live on voiceamerica.com forward slash live events are you ready for a disaster if you are like many people in the world that answer may sadly be no 
Disasters happen unexpectedly to people just like you every day. Tune into Preparing for the Unexpected with business continuity and disaster planning expert, Alex Bullock. The show will not only help you better prepare for a disaster itself, but also to prepare you, your place of employment, and community for the aftermath, emotionally, financially, and with a better level of awareness and a stronger feeling of resiliency. Tune in Thursdays at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is on Instagram. Make sure you follow us and comment on our pictures from behind the scenes at our radio shows, live events, and around the network. We want to see what you have to share as well. Check us out on Instagram at Voice America Talk Radio. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business talk. Conversation at a click of a mouse. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Preparing for the Unexpected with Alex Fuller. Email your questions to info at stone-road.com. Again, that's I-N-F-O at stone-road.com. Now back to Preparing for the Unexpected. And welcome back. Again, we are broadcasting live from Phoenix, uh, DRJ 2019. My next guest is someone who you might remember because uh, I know I've read lots of your articles in the DRJ uh, magazine. You know, there's been a few. Uh, yeah, there's been more than a few, <laughs> uh, quite a few. I'd like to welcome Brian Zawada from Evolution. Thanks, Alex. Welcome nice to, to the be show. Here. Appreciate it. It's good to finally meet you too. After seeing your little picture <laughs> there in the ma- back of the magazine. I need to update that. By the way, it's a few years old. Oh well, that's okay. They don't know. Okay, well, <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> they can't see you, so it doesn't <laughs> matter. <laughs> now, I, I think you had uh, a session here or a couple of sessions. No, I've had one so far. One? It was on. Uh, it was on Sunday afternoon. It was a workshop. Uh, it was about two and a half hours, and uh, the title was. Uh, start implementing the business continuity operating system next week. So when essentially providing them about five key tools to take back to their uh, to their workplaces and uh, get them moving in the right direction. Can you give us a little hint of what you uh, gave them? Well, it was uh, over the last couple of years, we've been working on uh, really packaging a lot of what we've been doing really, really well with business continuity. Now, I, guess, I shouldn't say just us. It's, it's our observations with what our clients have been doing really well. Um, so many organizations, they get laser focused on methodology. And what we're finding is the big differentiator is those that can excel in terms of driving engagement in their organizations and also a really a strong laser focus on what's most important to protect. And the, the business continuity operating system is all about treating methodology but really adding focus and engagement. And so we introduced five key tools and, uh, and introduced each of those tools, allowed the attendees to practice with them and kind of gave them a personal challenge to take back to their offices with them and uh, use them next week. Is there any uh, special little uh, hint maybe you can kind of give our listeners that uh, you gave them, maybe one one of those five tools? Sure. Because you know, well, I, I, I don't want you to give everything away. Oh, right? no, so. I can give it all away. That's fine. So what was really interesting is when we first went embarked upon the journey of packaging the business continuity operating system, 
we, whenever I did a presentation and did a lot of DRJ and other locations as well, I'd ask a question uh, of the audience and it was, what's your biggest challenge? Is number one, is it designing your business continuity program? Is it implementing year, in year one the business continuity program? Or is it keeping up the energy long-term and driving continual improvement? And every time, plus or minus 2%, 76% on average, we call it the 76% club, it was always C, sustaining that energy long-term. Mm. And what we did is we sourced that back to less than optimal engagement and less than optimal focus. So one of the tools that I introduced, it was the first one that I did uh, yesterday afternoon, was something that we call the frame meeting. And the frame meeting is essentially a mechanism by which a program manager can interact with their, uh, his or her executive management team and ask four fundamental questions. And those four fundamental questions, three of them drive focus, one drives great engagement. And if you can do that, you're gathering the information necessary to establish a strong foundation for your program immediately, but long-term. Now you want to revisit those four answers to those four questions, but the idea is you want to be able to have strong answers on those and you want to share those answers with you and the executive team. You're all on the same page. And you can always point back to those and say, that's the guidance, that's the direction executives are giving me as I run the, the business continuity program. So how do you manage when you've done that and you've gone down the road and um, executives change? Yeah. And how do you still keep that? I thought you were going to ask me. The, I thought you were going to ask me what the four questions were. But I'll, let me. I'll do that, and then we'll come back to it because I we'll think it might add it. some context. I didn't want to give everything away. Oh, I, I'm willing to give it all away. <laughs> so, with, you're absolutely right. They not only do they change, but they forget. And so, oh. the, yeah, the no, idea that never, happens. never, ever, ever happens. <laughs> and it, they got a lot on their plate, and it's not like they intentionally are, you know, forgetting. But you know, th there's a lot coming at them, and their organizations change. Mm -hmm. So, and the people change too. So, the idea is not only to capture it in that setting. It's about a sixty to ninety minute meeting. Publish it back to them, and then be able to revisit that on an annual basis. Hey, here's what we talked about last year. Just as a reminder, these were the four questions. These were the answers. And oh, by the way, what's changed? And let's, let's talk through that for a couple minutes. Maybe it didn't change. And does that Maybe change it, the answers to your questions? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, strategy could change. They could have entered or exited a specific market. Um, the competition's changed. The customer expectations have changed. So this is a very strategic conversation, but the questions are simple. But this, the simplicity of those questions drive great, great um, getting on the same page mm -hmm. with the executive team. And so... Um, the four questions are, and they're simple. They're, this is not rocket science. Why are we doing this? What's the expectations and drivers? That's number one. What are we trying to protect? And what I mean by that is not departments, it's not locations, it's not any, it's what are the products and services, the things that add value or create mm -hmm. value, what are we trying to protect? And that's a hugely important question. The third one is, and this is a weird one, the way it's worded and it's <laughs> intentional, how much business continuity do we need? And when we, we ask them that, we're asking them essentially, how long could the market be without that product or service? And, and, and it's kind of a downtime tolerance related question, but we're also asking them a little bit about at what performance level that product and service can be, you know, not in the market, if you will. Are you, are you kind of asking them, you know, what's your tolerance level? Yeah, it's, it's, it's essentially, some people call it a product and service level business impact analysis, mm -hmm. but it's simple questions without the jargon. How much do you need? And we usually, we'll even give them flashcards. Everybody hold up a card. And sometimes we'll get the old one hour and we'll get a one week. Oh boy, now we're going to have a meaningful discussion. <laughs> yeah. And the idea is to get them talking and debating with one another so that they're on the same page and they really take ownership of the answers. 
And then the last one is, um, it's an engagement-related question. We ask them, you know, who are the key participants in, your, in the program? Sponsor, program manager, steering committee, and at what level should we be engaging in the organization? And depending on the answers they give us, now that's our mandate to, to really engage and get involved with the right people in the organization. Simple questions, right? Yeah. They, yeah. Re they really are. But by having the, that information, we now are, we've essentially fueled the business continuity program engine, and now we can take that out into the organization and hopefully get everybody else on the same page now with the executive team. So that was one of the tools. So who talks to the executive? Let's let's say, you know, there, there are there's many different professionals out there, sure. you know, and they report to a manager. Yeah. Is that the person who goes to executives? Like who, who goes to executives? Yeah. Um, what I recommend is unless, you know, I'll, let me just say it simply, um, the person responsible for business continuity. And that could okay. mean many different, there could be different job titles. Mm -hmm. um, it also could be the person responsible for IT disaster recovery. Pick the word or whatever the man, you know, that mandate is within the organization. But the idea here is I'm picking the person that has responsibility day to day to engage the senior leadership team who ultimately has accountability for it. Right. So, so that might be the business continuity program manager. Uh, it could be, you know, if, it, if they're only focused on the IT side of the house, IT disaster recovery, but we still want to ask those strategic questions because yep. it filters down into technology. Um, but there's, it, it's that level of responsibility, that person that has responsibility for the discipline, the program to engage leadership and have that start building that relationship. So it could be my manager, my director, sure. or even the vice president who reports to the CIO or something. You got, that's exactly right. Okay. Cause I, I have, I've, I hear it a lot, you know. I don't have uh, access to senior management. Yeah. So you can never get to your your questions, the, yep. the questions you 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 went through to that level mm -hmm. to have that discussion. Can I tell you some one real quick? One other tool that we talked about uh, yesterday was how best to process an issue. And if if you had a situation like you just described, where I don't have access to it, the top level of the organization, mm -hmm. that's an issue. And I'd find a way to process that issue to come to resolution is if business continuity is that important and we're investing in it with people and time and resources, why am I not getting that strategic, uh, that strategic input? Agreed. And I, I tell you what, I prioritize the you know what out of pro, you know, processing that issue. Well, I remember when I was still doing the day-to-day uh, um, -day business continuity work uh, mm -hmm. years ago, <laughs> I would just kind of skip my boss. <laughs> yeah. Because the vice president used to come in early. Mm -hmm. So I used to just walk in and say, hey, how's it going? <laughs> and yeah. start chatting and, and get that conversation going with him. And then when my boss came in, I'd stop in his morning Look and just I say, learned. oh, I went and talked to so-and-so because you hadn't got here yet, blah, 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 blah. And kept it all friendly and everyone was on the same page. And yeah. I actually got that way back then. I got that pathway up to executives. Yeah. And then the, the value, the real, the real, I don't know, I'll call it the where you get excellence and engagement is not just you having that conversation, but them having a conversation with yes. one another and really debating it and getting on the same page. That's where you get the real, you know, the real energy in the program. And that, that's key. Yep. He's going to tell me we have about two minutes left. See, okay. there you go. I thought he so, said a minute ago, a minute ago, a minute left. So <laughs> he changes it up on me. All right. Uh, but, um, and now I know you work with Evolution. Do you want to give us uh, a quick synopsis of what Evolution does? Sure. There's really uh, three things I'll call. I'll kind of put them in three buckets. Evolution uh, is the name of the company. Um, we do three things. We do consulting-related work, and that takes the form of sometimes it's project-based consulting, sometimes it's uh, program outsourcing. So we have organizations that 
essentially have outsourced business continuity program management to us year after year. So that's one. Uh, we, our second offering is our Catalyst software solution. Mm -hmm. And so that is a uh, uh, best-in-class software-as-a-service platform to help organizations not only plan for disruption, but also react to it. So it's got an incident crisis uh, capability and communication capability. And then the third part, and this is the newest, is we, we acquired an organization called BC Management a few months ago. We had Cheyenne on earlier yeah, today. Yeah, that's right. She mentioned that. And, and so they have responsibility for everything from full-time staffing placement, staff augmentation, and data research. So we're really, really excited about having them join the team. So how does someone get in, uh, in touch with Evolution if they want more information? Sure. Our first uh, step would be to uh, uh, visit our website. So evolution.com, A-V-A-L-U-T-I-O-N.com. Um, and there's plenty of contact information for all of us on the website, and uh, that would be a great first, you know, first step. Excellent. I know we're. Oh, we actually have a minute left. Wow! I thought you were going to tell me I was out of time. <laughs> you have another thirty seconds to say what you want to say about uh, any other sessions you have or your topic. Well, I think Cheyenne's going to be talking a little bit about um, some staffing and um, some other uh, benchmarking related information tomorrow. She's also meeting with, uh, or she's having a presentation with the, uh, the Business Continuity Institute uh, tomorrow as well to talk about the Horizon Scan. So I think that'll be a really good session. I encourage people to attend to kind of better understand some of the issues and threats and, and concerns mm -hmm. uh, that have uh, kind of a disruption-related element to them that uh, the BCI has been collecting over the last year globally from its members. So I think that'll be a really good presentation. Great. Well, I know we are out of time now. Brian, it's fine. good Thank to you, finally Alex. meet you and nice put a, to meet you a real well. face to that little picture in the, the magazines that I always saw for the last uh, couple of years. I'll just say a couple great. of years. Nice you know, to meet you It's good to well. have you on the show. Thank, Thank you, you very much. And we will be right back. We're broadcasting live from DRJ in Phoenix. Bringing you around the world right from your desktop. VoiceAmerica.com Join Voice America and host Alex Fullick for the DRJ Fall 2019 in Phoenix at the JW Marriott Desert Ridge as we broadcast live Monday, September 30th from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. The topics of the event are innovations in managing risk and resiliency. This is part of a three-day event featuring the top industry experts designed to keep your organization at the forefront of risk management. For more information, visit drj.com com forward slash fall 2019 or join us live on voiceamerica.com forward slash live events are you ready for a disaster if you are like many people in the world that answer may sadly be no disasters happen unexpectedly to people just like you every day tune into preparing for the unexpected with business continuity and disaster planning expert alex bullock the show will not only help you better prepare for a disaster itself but also to prepare you your place of employment and community for the aftermath emotionally financially and with a better level of awareness and a stronger feeling of resiliency tune in thursdays at 9 a.m eastern time 6 a.m pacific time on the voice america variety channel the Voice America Talk Radio Network is on Instagram. Make sure you follow us and comment on our pictures from behind the scenes at our radio shows, live events, and around the network. We want to see what you have to share as well. Check us out on Instagram at Voice America Talk Radio. 
The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business talk. You are listening to Preparing for the Unexpected with Alex Fullen. Email your questions to info at stone-road.com. Again, that's I-N-F-O at stone-road.com. Now back to Preparing for the Unexpected. Welcome back to the show. We are broadcasting live from DRJ Phoenix 2019. And my next guest is founder and chief executive officer, the head honcho, eh? Great to be here. (laughs) Thank you. Now, I know the first name, Kundan. Yes. You're going to have to pronounce the second name. Shakawat. Shakawat. Yep. You got it right. Shakawat. Oh, you're great. (laughs) I I didn't want to embarrass myself or, or anyone. Now, you are with Ascent. Yes. I and you mentioned uh, just before we started, it's your first time here at DRJ? It's the first time for us at DRJ, yeah. And how's it going so far? It's great. You know, I think DRJ is one of the biggest platforms, uh, especially uh, considering North American market. Uh, we've been there prominently in all the global events. You know, I flew down from Singapore to be part of this event. Uh, you know, we, we attended, exhibited, sponsored a business continuity Asia summit just a day before uh, starting the DRJ. Oh, really? So it was that close, you know, took a 16 hours flight from Singapore to, to Phoenix in air. Uh, 22 hours, 16 was San Francisco. Oh, that's a long time. Yeah. So tell us, what does Ascent do? So uh, Ascent is, so I founded Ascent uh, about five years back. And uh, we are a global company uh, ensuring organization resilience as one of the key verticals for us. As a group holding company, uh, we are Singapore headquartered. We've got a strong base in the Middle East, Africa, and Asia uh, you know, regions. And this is the time when we are looking at a serious penetration for our firm in the North American market. Uh, from what we do, our value proposition is an automated solution for uh, organization resilience. And our platform, AutoBCM, has g- been gaining a lot of traction uh, across the globe. Now, you mentioned organizational resilience, and that's kind of one of the themes here. So how do you define organizational resilience? Uh, the way uh, organization resilience has been looked at, and you know, we've been you know, hearing a lot, lot of stuff about business continuity management in here. Uh, the culture is changing from a reactive business continuity management to a preventive. And the way, uh, you know, of course, not that we define it or I define what resilience is. Resilience is a preventive way of managing the businesses, which is what is, you know, uh, what we bring to the table uh, from how we position ourselves, uh, how we embed the, uh, you know, latest technologies. Uh, and I'll talk more about it, uh, you know, during the course of our conversation. Well, let's let's jump there right now. Sure. Tell, tell me about it. Uh, the you know, uh, the business quantity management has been, you know, is in one of the areas which is picking up very, very strongly considering the maturity of the businesses all across the globe. Uh, you know, it is no more, uh, you know, a necessity. It, it is a must to have a BCM in place. 
back in the, you know the early 2000 we we saw that there were no chief risk officers uh, mid 20s you know 2000 we saw there were no business quality managers but now there is a place where you see a chief of business quality management officers uh, across different streams whether it's a bci whether it's you know the dri affiliations drj you know so th- there is a prominent place for the bcm professionals or the you know resilience professionals across the globe uh, our positioning in in that element is you know we bring in an expertise from uh, different markets which is uh, singapore southeast asia the middle east africa and we try and leverage our learnings from what we've done over the years there bring it here take the learnings from here and bring it to the other side so we are a global organization uh the product line for us is cutting edge technology uh very sophisticated in the way we see things it's a product based organization uh the, the the products are in a way takes away the entire pain of a manual activity or somebody we're talking about robotics these days we're talking about artificial intelligence in one of the you know conversations uh, on the in the uh, exhibition area we were talked about how an ai would come into you know a bcm and i think mm-hmm. everyone is thinking about it yes it, I, it has but our take on that is i think uh, ai is already coming into there you know the way we automate a business impact analysis and the system would throw up some sort of a scenarios for a simulation exercise is all embedded part of an ai because you know there's an intelligence which is already built into the systems there are algorithms which is doing a quantitative qualitative ways of throwing up different permutation combination of what one should do in a crisis mm-hmm. because the humans would have certain limitations to uh, you know a thinking ability when a crisis happens you you have to make decisions in seconds and in in minutes less than minutes and there may not be people who would actually have the ability to make those decisions at those point in time and that's where the the level of automation and the ai that we bring to the table as part of our autobcm platform or well, the ability or the authority to make decisions uh it's 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 is both you know the authority is given by people who would sign off that yes we agree that this sort of an ai should take over and is authorized to do xyz and uh, that's something that will contain uh, the risk levels of that organization so it all depends upon our client segment cuts across from a government to power sector to a manufacturing to a banking so a government may look at an authority very differently it's a country wide impact if they decide something mm-hmm. a bank would have absolutely different way of a decision making it's about posting a debit credit or you know large millions of dollars of a transaction that has to be put aside in managing a crisis whereas a manufacturing you know what more so they may be able to put an authority to a you know an ai uh, robot or an automation robot to just go and spark out a crisis simulation or a management of that simulation that could be done Are there any risks using uh AI? There are. Or do you get pushback when when people say, "Oh, I'm scared of that." You know, uh, you know, because Hollywood makes all these terrible <laughs> movies with AI and, you know, it always turns out to be something bad. So, yeah. do you get pushback or are there any challenges with using AI? I think more than pushback, we are getting a lot of uh, excitement for people to, you know, to be talking about it and people want to hear about the AI getting into that. so you know even the bcm automation is a very mature state people are not used to it a lot of people in the other part of the world get surprised that there is an bcm automation tool you know tell us more about it what mm. happens how do you do it now you know the technology is advancing so much that you put a ai on top of it 
wow that's wonderful so everyone wants to talk about it there isn't a pushback there's more of a interest to see how that will work with their organization uh you know while bcm on the cloud is coming you know there's a lot of interest in there bcm in an organization has been an area which is the most critical if something goes wrong the ceo board top notched people they are the people who have to make decisions and you know be responsible to ensure that you know the the stock options doesn't and the shareholding of the organization doesn't go down that there's a value to them now you know traditionally everything is done manually uh, whether people using file excel spreadsheets macros now the the, the automation has taken place you know is coming very very significantly mm-hmm. there's cloud coming onto is there a lot of providers into the place so i think organizations are trying to find a balance a hybrid between how to adopt cloud how to make sure there's an automation being leveraged from there and still ensure that there's a resilience built in in, in their uh, culture and and getting rid of um trying to reduce at least the human error because that's what absolutely. ai would do right absolutely yeah, and but at the same time still keeping people involved absolutely that's oh, yeah. got to be a tricky balance it indeed is and uh, this is one element of uh, you know uh, feedback that keeps coming us while you know we we deal with so many different clients and people outside of it the entire business country management is also being looked at as a uh you know as an as an area which will ensure uh, uh you know cost arbitrage to these organizations wherein you know there is a certain way in a business as usual things happen mm-hmm. whereas in a business continuity you try and lean that you know the organization would try and see they can work with minimal number of people minimum resources now if if the you know the top management thinks on these lines there's a lot of cost saving or a business process engineering that uh, an automation on bcm will bring to the table that's another line of thought that you know we keep hearing from people on tell us more about the value adds on what you bring to the table uh gartner has been talking about it all the prominent you know players have been forester been talking about all of these pieces but then we've been doing it for over the years now you know on those this cost benefit to the uh, to our clients now you mentioned and it's even on the back of your card <laughs> that you're in uh singapore mumbai uh, dubai uh, united states here Do you find there's different viewpoints based on those locations? You know, people in Dubai think completely differently than the USA when it comes to business continuity. Do you do you find lessons learned from those different viewpoints and cultures? I think it's a great question. Uh, uh there there is absolutely different school of thought, different line of thought. Uh let's look at the standards. There is there is uh B- BSI, there is DRI. uh there are there's so many different uh, organizations which are doing an iso 22301 sort of a certification mm-hmm. uh you know there is a global standard which is iso 22301 the far east southeast asia middle east africa uh europe they are absolutely okay and they take iso 22301 as a benchmark if they were to get you know resilient so that's their benchmark to it the us uh it's it's okay iso 22301 you know people would be is is fine you know they 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 are not absolutely this is taking as a benchmark for them to to be calling themselves as a resilient organization and they also have nfpa 1600 they, here absolutely and, you know they so so they uh, operate differently the other line of thought you know and the differential that comes out between the stuff is I think BCM is very much of a BCM in the in the, in the North American market the little feel that we have whereas in the other part of the world you know pick up Dubai nothing could go wrong so the the culture there is such that 
you know, it's like buying an insurance. Why should we have a BCM? Wherein BCM has to be an embedded part of the everyday life cycle. It's not... Uh, well, that's dangerous to think like that, though. Oh, everything's fine. It is. It is. And, you know, some of the big names would, would you know, do not have a BCM in place, which is very surprising. But things are changing. There's a change in the culture which is taking place. But every country is different. It all depends on how they're regulated, what's the seriousness from the top management or the board within these different organizations. Also, depending depends on the industry segment that you're talking to. You know, airlines, you know, you were just talking to the Japanese people and they're, mm -hmm. I think they're very, very different on a different league together. Singapore looks to be a very mature market, but then, you know, the, the BCM is something which is scaling up there at the same time. We've, we've been seeing some natural disasters in, uh, you know, Philippines, uh, in the, the, the Indonesian and the other markets. So, yeah, I, I think that both the markets parallel together or different regions have their own learning curve. There is a more cross-collaboration needed between, uh, you know, different geographies. But that's also one of the things that you mentioned at the uh, beginning of our conversation that Ascent does, right? Absolutely, yes. We are trying to leverage our experience and what we've uh, delivered as a value to our customers on the other side of the world and bring them in here and learn things from here and take those uh, on the other sides to it. So yeah, we're, we're cross-collaborating. Uh, we want to make sure that there is value for, for our clients on whatever we do and we do our best. <laughs> well, we all do that. Yeah. So we, we have, as you just saw, um, just under three minutes. How about telling us something about Ascent we haven't been able to touch on yet? You know, give us some uh, more information for our listeners out there out sure. all around the globe. So Ascent is, uh, we're we are 100 plus people uh, across the globe. Uh, we are a strong engineering focused, research and dev focused organization. Uh, a large part of that engineering comes with uh, a lot of expertise in the business understanding of what we do. So if you're talking about a BCM in here, our people, there's a culture built into our team on you know, being resilient as an organization. We ourselves have two different locations, which is a BCP for each other location. Mm -hmm. We have people who've got a succession planning built into the play. We have our own policies and uh, you know, certifications uh, we, you know, set up very well for us. And we, we've brought in so much value to some of the customers that we've worked with that they've seen the maturity curve of from absolutely no BCM to being a, one of the mature organizations in there. So Ascent is a formidable player in this segment. We are, uh, you know, we, we have some aggressive plans for entering into the North American market. The amount of traction that we are seeing for ourselves, not just in DRJ, but across, you know, the East Coast as well is great, you know. So we're very excited to be here and uh, look forward for an uh, exciting year. Well, that's a lot for five years. Yeah. You know, for only being around for five years. That's a lot of information. I you've, think you've done a lot. Yeah. I think for personally, me, you know, I, I'm a founder of this firm. Uh, the journey has been exciting. It looks like five years, but, you know, it, it looks like we've been in the business for 10 years or, or more. It just feels like it, right? it. It does feel <laughs> like that way. And uh, the entire team within our organization is, you know, the mindset that we have and the culture that we've created is in a go-getter, you know, we, we work 24 by 7 with our clients, we don't look at our clocks, we don't look at our weekends. So I've got a great team uh, and uh, people backing us. So do you have a website in case people want more information? Yes, we are on ascentbusiness.com. Uh, I am now in New York, so I have a local number and I can be reached on my email ID with my first name at ascentbusiness.com as well. 
Okay. So uh, anyone with questions, just go to ascentbusiness.com. One, one word, right? Yes. Let me just look at that. Yeah, one word, dot com for yep. more information. Well, Kundin, thank you very much and congratulations you. on a very busy five years, it seems like. Thank you so much, Alex. Wonderful to be here. Yeah, thank you very much for joining us. We are broadcasting live from DRJ in Phoenix, 2019. We'll be right back. Bringing you around the world, right from your desktop, voiceamerica.com. Join Voice America and host Alex Fullick for the DRJ Fall 2019 in Phoenix at the JW Marriott Desert Ridge as we broadcast live Monday, September 30th from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. The topics of the event are innovations in managing risk and resiliency. This is part of a three-day event featuring the top industry experts designed to keep your organization at the forefront of risk management. For more information, visit DRJ com forward slash fall 2019 or join us live on voiceamerica.com forward slash live events are you ready for a disaster if you are like many people in the world that answer may sadly be no disasters happen unexpectedly to people just like you every day tune into preparing for the unexpected with business continuity and disaster planning expert alex bullock the show will not only help you better prepare for a disaster itself but also to prepare you your place of employment and community for the aftermath emotionally financially and with a better level of awareness and a stronger feeling of resiliency tune in thursdays at 9 a.m eastern time 6 a.m pacific time on the voice america variety channel The Voice America Talk Radio Network is on Instagram. Make sure you follow us and comment on our pictures from behind the scenes at our radio shows, live events, and around the network. We want to see what you have to share as well. Check us out on Instagram at Voice America Talk Radio. You are listening to Preparing for the Unexpected with Alex Fuller. Email your questions to info at stone-road.com. Again, that's I-N-F-O at stone-road.com. Now back to Preparing for the Unexpected. Welcome back to the show for our final segment. We are broadcasting live from DRJ in Phoenix, 2019. And my last guest, I'd like to welcome back because you were here last year. That's right. Kathy Rainey. From Disaster Resource Guide. Welcome back, Kathy. Thank you, Alex. It's good to be back. Now, I know you've got a booth here. Um, the last time we talked last year, you had lots of plans you told us about. How are things now? Well, we launched the Risk and Resilience Hub in May. I've been working on it, my team, for three years. When print began to die, that is B2B print, I should say, we knew several years ago that we needed to transition due to disruption of how things worked. And I had a good friend who said the wave of the future is platforms. In the past, we'd push information out to readers and to professionals. But these days, he said, it's to bring people in and let them connect and collaborate and create something bigger. Mm-hmm. And so we launched this Risk and Resilience Hub in May of this year. And how is that going? It's got, you know, we talked earlier today, and I know you said you've been really busy yes. with it. So how are, how are things going? Well, the technology is pretty much finished. I mean, we're still adding things. The bigger task now is to build the community. Because the uniqueness of the hub is that it's got vetted 
curated content, a community similar to, say, a LinkedIn, Facebook, but totally geared to the silos that we're in our industry, BC, uh, disaster recovery, emergency management, crisis management, all those things. Um, and then we also have a directory similar to an Angie's List, and then we have a partner spotlight. Uh, the hub is not meant to invent all of the resources, but we want to bring them together and kind of match make. People who need something, find, help them find the solution. People who need content, education, get them with the experts who've been doing this for 30 years. Can people provide you content? Yes. Is there a way of doing that? Yes, as a matter of fact, we're looking, we've got six core content areas. Uh, enterprise resilience is one, human concerns, IT availability and security, communications and network, physical infrastructure, and incident crisis response. Those are our core categories that we have regular blogs. Every week we try to have at least a new blog. Eventually we love to see new blogs every single day. Mm -hmm. But uh, yes, we're always looking for content. Now we don't, we want content that's practical and meaty and not soft sell for a product. There's places right. on our site for that, but we're really looking for content and people who have some good practical tips, takeaways that our readers can have. That uh, is the content for, um, uh, for lack of a better term, newbies or regardless of your um, ex level of experience, there's going to be something there for you? Well, I would say that it should be for both. Um, certainly newbies could get a lot because they're new and there's every, everything is, is, is new information. But if the hub works as it's designed to, we will begin to have all levels of people finding others at their level that they can learn from. And that they could be, I mean, you could have a group of executives in, mm -hmm. in healthcare, for instance, and have a group in manufacturers of, of CIOs. I mean, again, I'm dreaming big, but um, the real difference is that a platform, we're not just providing information, but we're allowing the connection and collaboration of people creating something bigger by the interaction and, and connecting with one another. Now, is this platform uh, focused on uh, North American market or uh, European or global? It you is, know, is global. It in fact, I would say we're m more interest coming percentage-wise in other parts of the world. Really? So, so yes, all, ar all around the world. I'm, I'm highly involved in LinkedIn, and I've got friends, connections on LinkedIn uh, all around the world. And so as we continue to do promotions there to promote the hub, we're getting... Uh, contacts with people all over the world. Plus our readers, we, we've been really having readers uh, globally for 20 years. Well, that's got to be a big benefit because um, let's say forest fires in Australia, you know, of which I've driven through one, believe it or not, um, they're going to have different experiences uh, for people that are here in California, you know, fighting fires as well. They can compare notes. Yes. You know, and, and give each other tips. Hey, we found for whatever reason, you know, this works, mm -hmm. you know, by, by this new method that we've discovered yeah. of fighting yeah. fires. So your platform then, I assume, helps them share some of those experiences, correct? Right. Yes, that's, I mean, that's the goal. Again, you want it to be dynamic and organic. And so the sky's the limit. I keep saying, you know, the hub is evolving and the best is yet to come. You know, we tried to create a structure that this could happen in, but 
the real good stuff is going to happen as people. I mean, I'd love to have people say, here are the experts. Here, here are my top 10 experts I go to. I'd love to know that for people. You know, so if we can begin pulling together resources and organizing them, that would be wonderful. Now, with, with that pulling all these uh, different people together, are there things that you don't want to happen want, want to, to, for the hub to become? Well, I've never thought about that question. Um, I, I guess I would like it to be a positive place, mm -hmm. uh, a place of encouragement, a place of sources. I wouldn't want it to become a negative place. In fact, I don't like articles, blog articles, that are a bunch of complaining, mm. you know. So I wouldn't want it to be a place where people just kind of, you know, use it to complain. To vent. And to vent. And yeah, I mean, not that you can't, you have to be honest about what's going on, of course, but that's the only thing I can think of right now is I, mm. I would want it not to be a place of finding the problems, but saying here's some issues and what are solutions and, and not focusing on negativity and bullying. And right. I can't even imagine that happening, but I guess it could. Well, well, there there actually have been some articles, and you've probably seen them, you know, with some of the different ways of thinking in the industry, oh, and some yes. people are so steadfast in yeah. doing something one way and one way only, you know, and that that's why I was asking. You know, and and I'm actually very in favor of that, the the the, the new points of view and getting in talking about them. Me too, I, you know. So it, that's good. You know, new ways of thinking is how we move forward, you know, as, as people. You know, yes. not, not just this industry, but as people, yeah. you know, new ways of thinking, new ideas, you know, uh, move forward. That's why I was asking the question. Yeah. yeah. So in five years, because you mentioned, you know, uh, as you move forward in five years, where do you want the ultimate place for that platform to be? What do you mean the ultimate place? Where, where you mentioned that you had other things that you, you were considering for the platform. So where do you see it going eventually in the future? Well, I think the main, there are <clears throat> some technologies that I'm not going to go into right now because we haven't got them in place, but they're pretty exciting. The biggest thing is I would love to see a million members connecting all over the world in five years. I mean, you know, right now, I think our industry, you know, there's maybe 500, 1,000 to come to different conferences, and DRI has a certain number of members, and BCI, and IM. Uh, but I'd like to see maybe totaling 20, 30,000, whatever. I'd love to see millions of professionals all around the world that focus on crisis management, emergency management, DR, BC, mm -hmm. GRC, all of it. And so, so the, the, I see it just big and really impacting places all around the world who don't have this information, who can't come to a show like this, but they still need to do to build programs of risk of resilience. So crisis managers in South Africa can talk to those in Indonesia who can talk to those in England, yeah. you know, and, and share experiences and things like that rather than you know, a, an article that only gets published in one area. You know, mm -hmm. one field, which then has a limited audience. Right. Yours is to open it up to everyone and kind of tear down some of those barriers that might be there. Mm -hmm. Yes. Which that is fantastic. Be true. That'd be true. You know, so does that mean the published, the the paper has gone away? The well, magazine or yes. will be going away? It, it is. I mean, we have not printed for three or four years, actually. Mm. So the last three or four years that I've been doing this, we haven't been printing, mainly because the advertisers is how we support it. And they, they don't believe in print mm -hmm. for B2B environments. You know, right. I think you still see consumer magazines in print. But now we do a lot of digital editions. 
that are basically the same. And, and so we have some of those digital editions, maybe a single source, a single topic mm -hmm. um, that, that we do. But, but it's all like on our site as a digital, separate digital edition. Now, you mentioned site. What is the website? If people, so in, just in case someone doesn't know about this. Yeah. What, what is the website? Well, it's called, uh, well, it's www.riskandresiliencehub.com. Riskandresiliencehub.com. It's long, I know. All one word. All one word, and the and spelled out. Oh, so not w the ampersand. Yeah, no, www.riskandresiliencehub.com. We refer to it a lot as the hub, but, you know, it's the whole thing tells what it is. Right. So is there any, any sign-up? We just have to easily just log in and things like that you, or, or we anything do, specific? We do want people to become members. Okay. The membership is free. Um, there's Best no cost. kind of membership. That, yeah, there's no cost. And, and the biggest thing is, is again, remembering that this is it's going to happen and going to be great only if people get involved and contribute and connect. Right. And that takes work. And, so, and we're trying to do everything we can to make it better. But it, in the end, it's going to be people to people suggesting articles, suggesting books, suggesting podcasts they like, all these things to cross-pollinate to make things bigger and better. Well, thank you very much, Kathy. I really appreciate all the best on, on the Hub. You know, <laughs> thank you. Uh, I think that's a fantastic idea, and I like where you're going and what you're, you're trying to achieve. I think that's fantastic. Good. Thanks, Alex. So we have come to the end of our live broadcast. I want to thank Dee, my executive producer, Aaron, and Ryan, who took care of all of our technology here. We're probably telling me to be quiet now and get off the air because they want to go home. But either way... Thanks, everyone, for your help and everyone at DRJ and all the guests that came in and shared their expertise with us. Thank you very much. Signing off. And in the meantime, stay prepared, everybody. Thank you for joining us for Preparing for the Unexpected. Please tune in for another edition featuring your host, Alex Bullock, next Thursday at 6 a.m. Pacific Time and 9 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll see you here next week.